0: You've been listening to amazing music here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Coming up next, JM Sunday with Matis Weingast here at NachumSiegel.com.
1: morning, everyone. Welcome to JM Sunday, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Matthias Weingast, and I'm your host this morning. We're here every Sunday morning, and have been for many, many years. It is the 30th of December, so it is the last JM Sunday of 2018. Today is the 22nd day in the month of Teves, 5779. Right now, outside of our studios, it's 36 degrees been pretty mild the last few days. Today, going up to a high of 42 degrees and uh, clear, then dipping down to 33 degrees overnight. In Jerusalem, it's 50 degrees right now with a 60% chance of rain and uh, going down to 43 degrees. In Dafyomi, it's a chulen, Lamid Gimel 33, moving along in uh, Sechas Chulen. And we're glad you could join us. appreciate it this morning. We'll have Rabbi Goldwasser at seven thirty. We'll have the news from Israel at eight o'clock. and then at uh, eight thirty, we're going to be joined We're going to be joined by Ted Rosenthal uh, to talk about the production Dear Eric taking place starting this next Wednesday, actually January 9th, starting next Wednesday. We'll talk about that. It's going to be at the National Yiddish Theater at the Jewish... and it'll be held at the uh, Museum of Jewish Heritage in uh, in New York. So we'll talk about that production. And uh, a lot of music throughout the morning. That's what we do. Glad you could join us here on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're with you and we're happy to be here. We're going to start off with some Avraham Fried. Uh, the uh, name of the album is... Um, the Bal Shem Tov song, and here is Nigun Simcha. J.M. Sunday with you, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
2: i Asher bara zado mezim ha 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 Gila in the head, but that man's a dog. But the other shallow the real can love. Gila in the head, but that dog. But the other shallow the real. Gila in the se baba zato mit dem hat dann steckt da laa a se baba zato mit dem Ash about us <laughs> on the same ha ha than the other. Ash about us on the same ha ha than the other. Ash about us on the same ha ha Let's salono estoy roboso hace vos korban do nikola estoy le voy dai 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 yo magio maletar te no ya ya ni
1: and Jonathan. That was a horror medley. Before that, Dov Hoffman, Gideon Levine, Yehuda, and Avraham Freed started us out this morning on J.M. Sunday, right here with you on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Matus Weingast, and I'm your host. It is uh, coming up on uh, 7.30 in just a minute or so. We will have uh, Rabbi Golwasser with Morning Chizuk, and uh, at 8 o'clock, the from Israel. Uh, and then uh, in about an hour from now, at 8.30, my guest will be Ted Rosenthal, who's the composer of a new jazz opera entitled Dear Eric, and it is going to uh, begin performance, a limited run, starting January 9th. It will be at the um, Museum of new- uh, of Jewish Heritage, uh, under the, uh, the auspices of the New York City Opera, and... Um, also, it's co-produced by uh, the National Yiddish Theater. So we'll be talking about that and uh, find out about that jazz opera. It should be very, very interesting. So that's coming up in about an hour from now. It's uh, the 30th of December. This is the last show of 2018 here on uh, JM Sunday. And uh, it is the 22nd day in the month of Teves. 36 degrees outside of our studios right now, heading up to a high of 42, and then going down to 33. We'll get the uh, update on the weather in Israel uh, with Hannah Julian at 8 o'clock, but in Jerusalem right now it's 50 degrees and uh, rainy, going down to 43 degrees later on uh, this evening. And uh, checking out uh, the app is a great way to get in touch with us. The NSN app. You can go to uh, also nachamsiegel.com. And uh, when you get a chance, you can go to our Facebook page of uh, JM Sunday. It's uh, Facebook and JM Sunday is our page. And like the page when you get a chance. Like the actual page. Much appreciated. At this time, each and every Sunday through Thursday, we present to you Rabbi David Goldwasser. Rabbi Goldwasser's words. Lezecha Nishmas. Harav Zev. Rabbi Yosef Alevi. And Lezecha Nishmas. Esther Bas Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning chizuk.
0: Good morning. The great Rabbi Yisrael Abu Chatzera, lived in the Tivot. He was legendary for his tzidkus, his righteousness, his wisdom, and the wonders that he performed. He used to make a special feast in honor of Rosh Chodesh. Those in attendance were by invitation only. They included Tamidei Chachomim and specific people who were very needy or experiencing a difficult period in their own lives. These individuals would be given the opportunity to receive a bracha from Babasali and to have him pray for them. Once, there was an individual in attendance who didn't stop crying. He had seven daughters who were at home, all of marriageable age. He didn't have any money to make it possible for them to get married. In addition, his wife had several serious situations facing her. The Yid cried and begged Babasali to bless him. Everyone who was there could see the anguish of Babasali when he heard this Jew's problems. He was filled with mercy for the child of Hashem who was enduring so much hardship. Suddenly, the door opened. The son-in-law of Babasali, Reb Dov stood in the entrance. When Babasali saw him, he raised his voice and began to shout at him, Why are you here? Who told you to come? Who invited you? Reb David was thunderstruck. The people could see his fear. Everyone knew that Babasali loved every Jew, certainly his own son-in-law. Why was he shouting at him? Babasali shouted again, Who called you? Who told you to come? I want an answer. Finally, Reb David responded, A son-in-law is like a son, and a son is able to enter his father whenever he wants. Please repeat those words, said Babasali, which the son-in-law said once again, a son-in-law is like a son, and the son is able to enter into his father whenever he wants. Babasali then went over to the wall. He cried out bitterly, Do you hear this? Do you hear this, Hashem? Do you hear what my son-in-law just said? A son can enter to his father anytime he wants. I wish to come in before you right now and ask you to help this Jew standing right here. Babasali stood and prayed for a long time with his face towards the wall. When he finished, he returned to the table, turned to the father of the seven daughters and said, I prayed and I was answered.
2: Every show, show What
3: She'll hate us, she'll be 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 she'll be
2: The mass
1: I am by uh, Shragi Gestetner here on JM Sunday. Before that, we heard from Ephraim Mendelssohn, Mordechai ben David, Izzy Kiefer, a.k.a. Pella, Nachi Krohn Band, and Shlemi Dax started us out on the song segment after morning. chizuk. thank you, Rabbi Golwasser, for your words this morning and uh, every morning on the network, Sunday through Thursday, on the Nacham Siegel Network. We're here till 9 o'clock playing... Jewish music. We're going to have the news from Israel in a moment and a special uh, interview discussion at about 8:30 with uh, Ted Rosenthal, who is the, uh, the composer of a new jazz opera called Dear Eric. It will be starting, uh, this coming January 9th in just uh, over a week. We'll talk about the inspiration for the opera. It is, uh, basically set during the time of Nazi Germany and uh, talks about a family that uh, communicated with each other, with one being in America and the others uh, meeting their fate in Nazi Germany. So we'll talk about the inspiration for the opera, which is quite fascinating, and uh, we'll talk about the opera itself, of course, with Mr. Ted Rosenthal coming up at 830 We will get to the news, uh, as I mentioned in a moment, news from Israel. Right now outside our studios, it's 36 degrees, going up to a high of 42. It's been, like I said before, pretty mild over the last uh, week or so, and heading down to 33 degrees later on, 50 degrees in uh, Jerusalem, going down to a low of 43 degrees. It's December 30th, which means that this is the last show of the uh, 2018 year. Great program, of course, will continue all day long. And all week long on the Nachum Siegel Network, so make sure to keep it tuned. We have great uh, encore presentations later today and a great uh, music mix. Nachum will be back tomorrow morning, bright and early, 6 a.m. Eastern Time with uh, morning with Jame in the a.m. in the morning. Followed by the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten. And uh, that is the schedule for the next 24 hours or so. It's time for our news from Israel. Hannah Julian, Middle East news analyst and senior correspondent at JewishPress.com, joins us every Sunday morning to bring us up to date on the latest happenings in the state of Israel. Good morning, Hannah Julian.
4: Good morning, Matis. Israel's political landscape has changed once again. Bayeh Yehudi Party chairman Naftali Bennett announced Saturday night that he and co-leader Ayala Sheked are leaving. The two politicians are starting a new party. It's going to be called Hayamin HaKadash. in English, the new right. Together, they believe they'll take away votes from Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's Likud party in the upcoming elections this April 9th. In the meantime, Bay Yehudi will be run by a committee. Israel's ambassador to the United Nations, Danny Danone, says he's not leaving his post. There's been a fair amount of speculation that Danone would leave to run in the Likud primaries ahead of Knesset elections. But Danone says he's not going to do that. He says he'll continue to advance Israel's position at the United Nations. He also says that in January he'll lead a delegation of 40 U.N. ambassadors to visit Israel. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is still in Brazil. He met with President-elect Jair Bolsonaro on Friday, but while both said they would deepen ties between the two countries, there was no announcement about Brazil moving its embassy to Jerusalem. Bolsonaro did say that he would visit Israel by March. The two men visited a synagogue together. Netanyahu is slated to attend Bolsonaro's inauguration on January 1st. Israeli Arab Knesset member Jamal Zahalka has announced that he is not returning to the parliament after the elections in April. Zahalka is a member of the Arab Joint List Faction, and according to party rules, lawmakers must quit after serving four terms in the Knesset. Zahalka just finished his 16th year. He says, however, that he will continue to lead the Balad party, which is part of that Joint Arab List Faction. The government is set to vote and to approve the long-awaited joint project with Jordan that is slated to bring more water to the Dead Sea and also help Jordan deal with its own water shortage as well. The project was originally agreed upon back in 2013. It's called the Red Dead Sea Project, and it's a plan to pipe water via a canal from the Red Sea to the Dead Sea. According to a report broadcast by Israel's Hadashot TV News, the project is finally coming to a vote. After secret talks that were held in New York, Regional Cooperation Minister Tzahi Hanegbi met with his Jordanian counterpart, while National Security Advisor Mayor Ben Shabbat paid a visit to Amman. Now the Cabinet is set to approve $40 million to fund the project over the next 25 years as soon as Prime Minister Netanyahu returns from his visit to Brazil. Also on the good news front, Israel saw a record-breaking 4 million tourists in 2018. Israel's tourism ministry says there's been a 13% increase in tourism arrivals this year. That's compared to 2017 and a 38% jump over 2016. Tourism revenue exceeded 24 billion shekels, that's $6.3 billion in tourism revenue in 2018. Tourism Minister Yariv Levine says it's partly due to a $93 million marketing campaign that promotes Israel as a travel destination around the world. Let's take a quick look now at the weather. Scattered showers and thunderstorms from the north to the northern Negev today, with snow on Mount Hermon. There's a flash flood warning in effect for the Jordan Valley and the Dead Sea region. Unseasonably cold temperatures, partly cloudy skies overnight, with rain in the forecast. And thunderstorms along the coastal plains. Scattered showers and thunderstorms also tomorrow in the north and along the coast. More snow on Mount Hermon. And unseasonably cold temperatures are continuing. So if you're in Israel, keep the hot chocolate handy. Have a Shavua tov, everyone. Have a great week. I'm Hannah Julian for JM Sunday.
1: That's our news from Israel. Thanks, Hannah Julian. We'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. It is uh, 8 minutes after the top of the hour, 8.08 Eastern Time, here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're going to go back to the music, and then at 8.30 we're going to be joined by Ted Rosenthal to talk about the new jazz opera called Dear Eric. It should be very uh, interesting to find out about the uh, inspiration for this and about the, um, the, uh, j- the opera itself. So uh, stay tuned for that, and we'll, we're here until 9 o'clock. Right here on J.M. Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shal Shellis is up next. Here you go on J.M. Sunday.
2: A high Vera A shalom no, shalom the man, the man, the man, Adabra Shalom Shalom. She Que no limo e samoxia, ora ramo e zaque no loi lomavou, ora ramo e zaque no limo e samoxia, ora ramo e zaque no loi lomavou, e zaque no limo e samoxia, e zaque no loi lomavou, momo limo e ora ramo e zaque no loi lomavou, e zaque no limo e samoxia, e Ramo e lo no loilo rabo. E zaquei no limbo lo samoxia. Yezakeinu limo no loilo rabo. yezakeinu zaquei no limbo e samoxia. Cora ramo E lo ma
3: If our
2: hearts were full of joy, and our lips were filled with song, and our eyes they sparkled like the moon and like the sun.
3: If the friends fly so free, like an eagle in the sky, in
2: enough to my speaking, enough to my speaking, in enough to my speaking, my speaking, enough my speaking, We were full of joy,
3: and our lips were filled with song, and our eyes they sparkled like the moon and like the sun. If a prayer could fly so free, like an eagle in the
2: sky. In an afternoon must be keen, in an afternoon must be keen, in an afternoon must be keen. She high. Ça vient de l'art mal We're filled with song And our eyes they sparkled Like the moon and like the sun If a prayer could fly so free Like an eagle in the sky In an after must be king In an after must be king In an must
3: be not la 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 la
2: la If a prayer could fly so free in a night you In a night you my be May I not you must
1: A little bit of a medley from Zimri Orchestra right here on JM Sunday. Before that, we heard Shoresh, uh, Tamimi Boys Choir, uh, Chaim Shlomo Micha Gamerman, and Shal Shellas. It's uh, 8.31 Eastern Time, AM, and wherever you are. It's whatever time it is over there around the world. Thank you to all the listeners who are tuned in and uh, all those commenting on the app. Good morning, listener Yaakov. Thank you so much for commenting. Well, uh Today marks the final performance of Fiddler on the Roof at the, the Museum of Jewish Heritage in Lower Manhattan under the auspices of the National Yiddish Theatre Folk's Don't worry, it'll be back in February at an off-Broadway location, uh, stage 42. You can check the Yiddish Theater's website for more information on that. Our good friend Jordan Hirsch has been part of the orchestra for this production and he will continue in February. The departure of Fiddler makes room for a new production beginning January 9th entitled Dear Eric. It is a new jazz opera which tells the story of a family split during the Holocaust with one member in America and the other members meeting their fate, unfortunately, in Nazi Germany. The opera will have a short run through January 13th at the Museum of Jewish Heritage and is produced by the New York City Opera and co-produced by the National Yiddish Theater Volkspina. As you will hear, the inspiration for this opera is quite fascinating. And with great honor, I am pleased to welcome to the show the person behind the idea for the opera and its composer, Mr. Ted Rosenthal. Mr. Rosenthal, welcome to JM Sunday.
5: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us. I'm sure it's a very, very exciting time for you with the uh, opening a, a little more than a week away.
5: Yes, it is. It's been a very intense and exciting time. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, the, I want to talk about the the inspiration for this because it is so personal to you, and uh, and then we'll talk about the opera itself and how it, it came about. But as I understand it, the the inspiration uh, basically you found uh, over two hundred letters written in between thirty eight nineteen thirty eight nineteen forty one by your grandmother, Hertha, in Germany, to your father, Eric, who had escaped to America. Finding those letters in and of itself must have been an extremely emotional occurrence. How did this come about?
5: Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, The letters sat in the attic of the house I grew up in, in Great Neck, Long Island, and as is fairly typical for Holocaust survivors uh, who have, survived this painful experience. He never really discussed much about his experience at all and never discussed the letters or their contents. After he passed away, uh, my sister and I were uh, packing up the house and I uh, took the box of letters. Uh, Because they were in German and I didn't speak German and I didn't really know the contents, they just ended up being stored in the house Uh, that I live in now in the attic so they went basically from one attic to another. Uh, Three years ago we were invited back to my grandmother Hertha's hometown, a very small town outside of Frankfurt, Germany. It's called Bad Kamberg. and on that occasion somehow it piqued my interest to uh, go into the attic and, and look at this box of letters. Uh, and then mention the letters to the uh, new friends we were making in Bad Kamberg. There's a historical society there, and the head of the historical society uh, said he would be very interested to uh, translate a few letters, so I sent him about six letters. Uh, and it took a few months, but when the translations came back, they were just, uh, it was just an amazing and a profound experience to start to get to know my grandmother, my grandfather and relatives that I really knew nothing about and were never discussed uh, by my father. So I relayed that uh, experience to his name is Dr. Peter Schmidt, and in fact, uh, he is a character in the opera, and he will the real life, Dr. Schmidt will be attending uh, the opera in january wow so we're very excited about that (laughs) and uh i said uh, by the way there are a few more letters Uh, would you (laughs) would you be interested in translating some more he said well absolutely he was very earnest and wanted to be helpful and uh he didn't realize there were about 200 (laughs) more coming his way (laughs) and over the course of about a year after that uh i got all the translations and uh, this whole process, as I said, was so interesting and profound. And uh, as a musician, a jazz musician, and composer and pianist, this inspired me to start w- uh, working on the ideas to create this jazz opera, Dear Eric.
1: All right. A- absolutely fascinating. Uh, did you know when you first found those letters uh, what they generally were, that they were from your grandmother to your father?
5: Yes, only the most basic uh Kind of outline right. uh, I did know, but beyond okay. that, like I say, uh, there were uh, uncles and aunts and cousins and right. people I knew nothing about. For example, one sweet little girl uh, cousin named Gerda, who is briefly in the opera as well, singing a sweet al Vader Zane <laughs> song <laughs> to Eric, uh, uh, expressed interest in music lessons, and that was that was a very sweet and. Uh, profound moment for me because uh, people say to me uh, Ted, you know, where does all this musical uh, talent or interest come from in the family because I'm the only professional musician <laughs> so when I read that, you know, it was it was a very uh, heartwarming experience adapting me t- to this family uh,
1: I, I want to talk more in a little bit about the process you used to adapt the letters and uh, to the opera and how you picked what to uh, add in to tell the story, but in In context, um, would you mind sharing with us uh, you know the 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 unfortunate history of what happened to your family and your grandmother uh, in in uh, Nazi Germany uh, and the family there and just to give us a you know, kind of a, a an idea of what what it was like and uh you know what what the ending was like unfortunately in terms of yeah, where everybody is yeah
5: well, it is um, not a happy ending right. on the German side of course. Uh, Yes, well, the letters uh, began when my father uh, was able to come to this country in 1938 as a result of uh, fellowship to the University of Chicago, and as people who are familiar with the Holocaust history know, but unfortunately many don't, uh, you know, getting out was so difficult because, uh, in terms of who would let you in, and, and you know, he fortunately had the right uh, entry papers, and what was needed to have a fellowship to the University of Chicago on invitation from a professor there. And uh, the letters uh, lasted for about three and a half years. uh, The last one is from November of 41, and that was the last uh, that he had heard from her. And part of the tragedy, both in real life and the opera story, is he never really knew what happened. You know, obviously he knew she perished, and he that family members perished, but it wasn't until really very recently as a result of information that's become more recently available through the Internet and perhaps the, uh, the Berlin the, the Wall coming down and, and more information being available, uh, we learned that she was uh, deported to uh, Sobibor mm-hmm. uh, death camp in uh, June of 1942, so mm-hmm. her and most of the family members now my grandfather was uh who is theodore uh, theodore Theodor, my name i was named after mm. him uh he was taken as many jewish men were taken uh in kristallnacht and uh was very weakened and sick and died a few days uh, later so he died back in 38 so that's the unfortunate history right. of, uh uh the family on the German side, and my father was really one of the only survivors in the extended family.
1: Yeah, I did a, a little bit of a research on your father, and uh, he was a very prominent person from the University of Chicago. Wrote some very interesting uh, articles and studies on. Uh, so soci- I believe he was a sociologist. Is that uh? he was. Yeah.
5: He was a sociologist, and uh, it's it's interesting because he was really rather scientific. He didn't have at least openly uh, political and strong views uh, that he was trying to uh, convince the world of, but in fact his research showed a much higher rate of intermarriage than was uh, the current thinking at the time in the early 60s in the Jewish community, and that caused quite really a firestorm of activity and concern in the Jewish community that this high rate of intermarriage could be uh, kind of the beginning of the end of the of the Jewish people, in terms of uh, keeping keeping their uh, identities and uh, religion, you know, among them.
1: Sure, it's it's, it's quite interesting. that uh, those are some of the topics that he discussed. Given the um, uh, the word isn't even doesn't even cover it, but given the destruction in Nazi Germany and and how here he comes to America and does become. Uh, prominent and uh, writes about assimilation, writes about intermarriage. You know, there's Jewish topics to keep Judaism going. And here you are, another generation doing the same thing through his letters, through their letters, and, and the operas is quite uh, quite interesting.
5: Yes, well, this you know, uh, as reflected, one of the themes in the opera. Uh, this has given me a real connection, you know, both to to him, even though he's gone, and his family, and, and the Jewish community, and the fact that we're doing it uh, the opera at the uh, Museum of Jewish Heritage, and it's a, a city opera production, and uh, co-production with the uh, Yiddish Theater is, is really uh, bringing many strands of this all together. Sure. I
1: was I wanted to ask you about that. How did this uh, collaboration rather, take place between the New York City Opera, National Yiddish Theater folks being a... And you.
5: Yeah, we won't call it a collaboration. We'll call it a collaboration.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh,
5: actually, there were a few uh, personal and professional connections. Uh, one of the stars of Fiddler on the Roof, actually, a wonderful singer named Rachel Zatkoff, mm-hmm. uh, plays uh, Seidel in Fiddler on the Roof. And uh, she was. She is and was uh, involved in uh, Dear Eric from the beginning. So we had done a few readings, one of which was uh, at Lincoln Center and kind of in developing the piece. And uh, when City Opera was was thinking about venues and how they could move forward with a full production, uh, Rachel and I were talking, and I said, you know, I've never been to this uh, Yiddish theater uh, at the Museum of Jewish Heritage. What's it like? And she said, oh, it's a terrific place. I think it's the right size and and venue. And, And then there was another connection through a board member there who's one of the Fiddler producers, a woman named Sheila Nevins, so uh a few
1: you know we connected a few dots and here we are. Wow. It's <laughs> the way. now you you yourself of course uh, you are an accomplished uh, jazz musician uh, a pianist if i'm correct right? Yeah. Jazz pianist. Uh-huh. Uh you've right. have, you've you have, you have uh, produced uh, numerous albums and right. uh if i read correctly you're a a, a, a a previous winner of the Thelonious Monk award. Yes. Uh, which if people don't know who that is, it's a very famous uh-huh. jazz musician. You know, I, I think if I read the dates correctly, you you won that award shortly after he passed away. Um, it, did uh, did you ever meet him?
5: Well, it's a fascinating story. I played in a big band uh, with Thelonious Monk's last uh, saxophonist, and he wanted to uh, have us go and serenade him at his house in New Jersey. Wow. And uh, we went up there, 16 of us, we were all around 19 or 20 years old, and we played, and I got to play on Monk's piano, which was (laughs) very exciting for me. But Monk was infirm. He was kind of in the last months or years of his life, and he was somewhat bedridden. So we, literally a whole 16-piece jazz band, played to a wall. Wow. (laughs) Wow! And uh, the leader of the band would go into his private bedroom once in a while and come out and he said, Yeah, Monk liked that one Let's play him another
1: <laughs> I know, I know I'm digressing a little bit, but I wanted to touch upon that because you as I said, you yourself are a very accomplished musician. Uh will you be performing in the uh in the opera as a musician?
5: No, actually I won't. Early on uh the the uh, producers at City Opera urged me to uh kind of bite my nails and sit on my hands (laughs) and let the uh, production unfold and and really be in the position of being a creator and taking it all in because if you're busy playing the piano, as much fun as I would have doing that, uh, it would Somewhat be distracting from being able to take in the whole dramatic piece as a whole.
1: Right, so that's, uh, that's what I'm doing. Of course, Ted Rosenthal, the composer of the opera, dear Eric, is with us this morning. Uh, it will uh, take place uh, starting on January 9th uh, at the Museum of Jewish Heritage in Lower Manhattan. You can get tickets by going to nyft. dot org. I want to get back now to the uh, to the opera itself and to yeah. your adaptation of the letters Uh, obviously this is a poignant story in and of itself but it is such a personal history to you what was the process like uh, for you to take the letters and the information to determine what to include in the opera to give a full flavor of the story that you want to tell
5: Yes, well, as a backdrop, I'd like to say, as a, uh, a jazz musician and composer, uh, what I thought about as, as a loose model for the piece was uh, Gershwin's Porgy and Vest, mm. because uh, it has uh, a through-composed dramatic opera story, but within that there are, you know, 10 or 12 wonderful songs that are played to this day, both as vocals and instrumentals. And uh, that, that, was, that, that model is very appealing to me, and that's very much a part of Dear Eric. And I'm hoping that people will walk out of the theater humming a few of these uh, songs that stand on their own and that I do play with my jazz trio around the world, really. So that's been very exciting to, to spread uh, the opera music mm-hmm. in that way as well. Uh, as far as uh, the letters, you're right. It, it was extremely intense. And uh, very emotional, uh, we took some of the letters that were the m- most heart-wrenching, the, what we call the Kristallnacht letter mm-hmm. that my grandmother uh, wrote to my father, telling him. And by the way, as you might imagine and your listeners might imagine, in very guarded uh, words and yeah. tones, she couldn't really be explicit, you know, uh, saying what was going on. Right. Censorship. There were all kinds of things. So uh, she said, "Your father and uncle had to go away on a trip, mm-hmm. along with many other men in the community, and of course, you know we know what that meant, really." Uh, so setting the music to the uh, Holocaust, to the uh, excuse me, to the Kristallnacht letter was, um, <laughs> boy, there were a lot of tears yeah. flowing <laughs> in the Rosenblum <laughs> oh, <yeah>. household. Uh, <laughs> You know one of the uh, more practical musical challenges is that the letters were quite long. you know, as I said, these two hundred plus letters that were translated uh, were were not just a paragraph; they were a full page single spaced writing, sometimes two or three pages. So one of the challenges as a composer is to just pick the uh, most uh, the, the lines that have the most meaning and and then edit out others, because otherwise one letter could be (laughs) of a length of an opera. So there was the Christenbach letter, and then, in fact, uh, later we, uh, to discuss the uh, the fate that my father never knew of of what happened, we we made up a little uh, history there, uh, operatic uh, license. And composed a a lost letter, which mm. in fact okay. was not really accurate, but is part of the operatic story that he does in the end find out what happened to his mother.
1: Right, right. Wow, uh, I, c- I can only imagine. And and setting it to to jazz music, uh, I mean, we could spend the whole show on jazz music. <laughs> but yes. the, the, for people who who listen to jazz, it's a certain type of. Of music, obviously, it was basically developed in the, in the United States in New Orleans, and uh, I'm sure everybody's you know heard you. It, it. It must be, a, but since you're an expert at it, maybe it was a little bit easier for you to put it to that style of music. But I don't think there are many operas that that of this nature that are set to jazz. Am I right about that? No,
5: or? Porky and Best is one of the. Well, few no, of course,
1: but that's what I'm saying. That that right. type of it, it's very rare. Yeah. There are very few.
5: Yes, it is rare. And and actually the music uh, does uh, kind of go through a few different styles. Jazz really represents, you know, the hope of America, the freedom of America, the democracy in America. And so the jazziest parts of the score are when Eric arrives in Chicago mm-hmm. and there's a scene, Land Ho, and everybody is singing and dancing and he's experiencing after, you know, being kicked out of, School in Nazi Germany, he's experiencing this freedom and democracy and and the spirit and the diversity of America. So uh, when we, you know, just to be clear, when we uh, are doing the Kristallnacht letter, it's not a happy jazz, of course, <laughs> at <that> point, yeah, <laughs> of course. So there are there are def- definitely many many moods in the piece, but the, the jazz elements are very present in the Chicago scene, right? my mother in jazz clubs and their dancing and falling oh. in love and things like that.
1: Now, did that really happen, or was that a little <laughs> bit of a license?
5: Well, that was some license okay. too. I don't think my parents were uh, going around from jazz club to jazz club. <laughs> you never know. You never uh, know.
1: <laughs> by the way, uh, is this opera actually in English with super titles in Yiddish, or or a mix? Or
5: no, no, the opera is in English. Okay. Uh, people get a little confused because it's at the Yiddish Theater. Right. It's really the tradition in American and contemporary opera to now use supertitles yes. mm-hmm. uh, no matter what language it is. So even if it's in English, they, they put up the,
1: the right. supertitles. Oh, so it'll be supertitled in English and it's in English.
5: And sung in English. Okay. There are a oh. few German okay. phrases sprinkled in right. appropriate to the scenes in Germany, but, uh, but for the most part, it's in English. Right, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Do you know if um, y- your father was ever able to write letters back to your grandmother?
5: Well, he definitely was. And uh, one of the things she would say from time to time is, you know, I haven't heard from you uh, okay. <laughs> in a week or two. Okay. So as is typical of any mother-son relationship, uh, the son isn't writing back as often as like when <laughs> right. you go to camp, right? <laughs> yeah. Your parents say, when are you going to write? You know. Yeah. Uh, and he was, from what we could tell, quite busy uh, with his studies. Uh, he had very rigorous studies right. uh, pursuing his, uh, up to his doctorate, mm-hmm. uh, finally, at the University of Chicago. And a very, uh, that was a very, is and was a very distinguished uh, place to study sociology. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we know, unfortunately, we never have seen, or I'm not sure if it would ever be possible to find the letters that he sent to her. That would be fascinating. Right,
1: right, of course. Uh, Are there plans to continue the opera elsewhere after January 13th? It's a limited uh, four-production run.
5: Yes, well, uh, of course, we are uh, hoping that other opera companies uh, are going to pick it up, and uh, I've already got... Uh, An offer to do uh, a concert production uh, in Copenhagen oh, wow. in in June at, at the synagogue there as part of a Jewish music uh, mm. festival that they do. Uh, there is uh, there are a couple of um, other concert type uh, productions being uh, discussed. One is at the um, Center for Jewish History around uh, Yom Hoshoa in in early May. And uh, we are hoping that this opera will have a long life, both uh, as an opera itself, and as I say, I will continue to play uh, these songs uh, in my jazz trio, and other jazz singers are interested in singing them as well.
1: Right. Do you have any plans to publish the letters?
5: Well, we have a lot of plans to uh, (laughs) both release uh, CDs and DVDs with the music and the opera, and uh-huh. also uh, have thought about publishing the letters. So we okay. have <laughs> we have a long to do list,
1: right? Because <laughs> that's a story and a book in and of itself. I mean, that that's you know from fascinating history, uh, first person history basically. Yeah, uh, yes, uh, absolutely. You know, on, on one side, my my final question to you, and thank you so much, Mr. Rosenthal, for joining us this morning. Is uh, how do you want people to feel when they leave uh, the opera?
5: Oh, that's a wonderful question. You know, uh, really, it's a few things. Uh, Hertha, toward the end of the opera, sings, you must stand guard against hate. So one of the things I want people to uh, really think about, as you and your listeners are well aware, is uh, we must continue to stand guard against hate and anti-Semitism and hate of really any kind, because it it could be contagious in, mm. in the worst ways. Uh, but really, the, the end of the opera has has a, a kind of an uplifting message. It's not, you know, obviously the Holocaust backdrop. It's, it's You could call it bittersweet, mm-hmm. but it's an uplifting message in terms of, for me personally and others like me who make these connections that they didn't have before, it gives you a sense of uh, purpose and, and connectivity to a family and a tradition and a certain kind of hopefulness that, you know, with this awareness, we can hopefully do better in the future.
1: Well said. Thank you so much. Uh, The opera, Dear Eric, it starts January 9th, has a short run to the 13th of January. Get your tickets now, today, nyft.org. nyft.org. It takes place at the Museum of Jewish Heritage in Lower Manhattan. We want to wish you tremendous success on this. Thank you for taking your your family's personal history and uh, producing it for the world to see. As you mentioned, it's not an easy project, but we thank you for doing it. Ted Rosenthal, thank you so much for joining us here on JM Sunday.
5: It's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you.
1: Enjoy. It is uh, 8.56 in the morning here on J.M. Sunday. We'll go back to a selection, a bit of schlock rock, a little bit of schlock rock here on J.M. Sunday. A little bit of schlock rock with Baruch HaGever to end up today's show. My thanks again to Ted Rosenthal, composer of the opera Dear Eric, takes place starting January 9th at the Museum of Jewish Heritage. Get your tickets at nyft.org, nyft.org. Thanks, everyone, for joining me this morning. Thanks to Conor Julian. Thanks to uh, Rabbi Golwasser, And thanks to all you great listeners out there. Great programming continues on the network today, all day long. NachamSiegel.com, the NSN app. And uh, Nakam will be back tomorrow morning on JM in the AM at 6 o'clock, followed by The Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten. Thanks again. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you in the new secular year, 2019 next Sunday right here on J.M. Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network.
0: You've been listening to Matis Weingast and J.M. Sunday on com, right here at the Malcolm Siegel Network.